the business savvy singer. Hey there. And welcome to the Business Savvy Singer Podcast. I'm Dr. Greta Pope, and I'm so glad that you're here. This podcast is dedicated to vocalists and to those who love them. We interview singers who are working professionally to get a glimpse into their lives and celebrate their personal journey to success. Join us weekly to learn how to move your career forward. Get tips and recommendations to help you realize the career of your dreams. You're listening to the Business Savvy Singer Podcast, brought to you by theprivatemusicstudio.net, providing online education to build sustainable careers in music. Also, Eternal Wolf Music, producing audio for every need. And Greta Pope Entertainment for the finest in entertainment. Welcome to season two of the Business Savvy Singer podcast. This season, not only will we be hearing from singers, we will also be hearing from professionals providing support services to singers. Hey there, and welcome to the Business Savvy Singer podcast. I have a wonderful woman with me today, and I am just delighted. She is an attorney, and her name is Elizabeth Russell. Uh, And we're going to just talk to her a little bit about intellectual property, trademark law, all of these kinds of things, um, how Zoom has changed our lives and what kind of protections we need there. So let's get started. Elizabeth, how are you today? Thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's so great to be here, Greta. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's, it's wonderful to connect with you again. Yes, it is. It's been a while. Uh, we actually um, met on uh, at, for Self-Employment in the Arts, doing some panels and talking and speaking and meeting uh, young college-age students. Um, who were in the creative uh, spaces, whether they were visual artists or musical artists or whatever. And uh, it's just been, uh, it's been great to have the opportunity to, to get to know you and to hear the things that you have to say. I mean, I've heard some brilliant pearls of wisdom come from you over the years. Well, back at you. And, well, thank you. you. know, and it's nice to know too that, you know, with, with pandemic and everything, stopped. C is, uh, you see, is, is, is still doing its thing, but yeah, absolutely. on Zoom. <laughs> absolutely, which is absolutely fantastic. It is, uh, it's just, you know, everybody's continuing on. They've pivoted and morphed and figured out how to make it work. And that's, you know, I just heard a message that said recording stopped. Is that yeah, okay? I think, I think that was my Zoom, that was my Zoom recording stop. Okay, so, so that's we're okay. Cool. We're right. cool. Yeah, <laughs> right. we're cool. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about what intellectual property is. That is the best question you could have started out with (laughs) because um, people are actually surprised when I talk about this because there isn't an actual specific thing called intellectual property. It doesn't really exist. It's an intellectual property is an umbrella term. Okay. And I was thinking about it this morning. It's like, how do you, how do you say this really clearly? And all I could think about was 
it's kind of like Hondas, like for cars. <laughs> okay. It's like you have a Honda, right? Okay, but that's not really a thing. What you have is a model of Honda. Like you have an Odyssey or an Element or huh. a CRV, and that distinction matters a lot because those th- those cars only run with their own specific individual parts. Okay. And that's what intellectual property is like. It's an umbrella, and underneath that umbrella are four specific types. And they're those four specific types, which is copyright, trademark, patent, and trade secrets and the cousins of uh, rights of privacy and publicity, but they're all completely different. And they're, they all run under totally different uh, you know, fields of law and concepts. So if we're talking about you know, a, a singer's intellectual property, the only useful discussion is to be specific about which type we're talking about. Okay, okay. I see. That's... Um... That's great. That's great information. I, I didn't realize that it was kind of an umbrella topic, but, but that makes sense. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So why is it important to protect your intellectual property? And, and I think this is, this is a huge thing. You know, I've worked with so many of my personal students and others who are writing material and they just don't get it. They, they don't understand that, that this is important. So tell us why it's important. <laughs> well, let's 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 break it down and let's talk like I'll I'll just use copyright as an example cuz in the music field that's kind of the big ticket item. Mm-hmm. Um what you have with copyright is they call it a bundle of rights. So basically your copyright is 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 a bunch of rights and it's the same with trademark too. And by and large with both copyright and trademark those rights spring into existence almost automatically when certain things happen. You don't have to do a whole lot Mm -hmm. to have your rights. But you just used kind of the magic word, which is protect. Mm -hmm. And those rights don't protect themselves. They sit there, but if somebody comes along and infringes on them, it's up to you to protect the rights that you hold. Yes. And so the question is, how can you be best positioned to do that if the worst happens and you need to protect Mm -hmm. your rights. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, hopefully, you know, my approach in practice is always to negotiate and work things out as, as, you know, amicably (laughs) and quickly and efficiently as possible. But the reality is when things go bad, you end up in court. Yeah. And if that happens, it's not a slam dunk that you're going to win, even though you hold these rights. So, you know, we can talk about this in a little bit, but everything's kind of on this sliding scale of how much do you care? And, you know, how much are you willing to lose? If the answer is, I care a lot, (laughs) then it behooves you to take these various steps that would position you well um, to prevail and protect your rights if you need to. Because remember, in court, you're not the only one with rights. Even mm-hmm. the infringer has rights because we have things like the First Amendment and fair use. And, and that's what, that's what, those are concepts that are going head to head with mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of a lengthy answer about 
you know, why should you protect? And it's not just why it's, well, why is because how much do you care about if you win or lose? Um, but how is, is what I do is you know, like, mm-hmm. I help people position themselves. So if that happens, yeah. they are able to take the actions to protect their rights. Yeah. That's fantastic. And so important. So important. So talk to us about the difference in copyright and trademark. Okay. Um, so copyright, um, your copyright rights ex- uh, attach to original expression. It's, it's certain types of original work that copyright attaches to. Um, the examples of which types of work is like literary work, like written written musical works, dramatic works, pantomime and choreography, architectural works, audiovisual. Wow. You know, it's, it's, it's the stuff that we create yes. as artists, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, uh, so the, I, I referred earlier to this, that it's a bundle. The, the, this bundle consists of six, but really five in most cases, um, really specific rights. It's the rights of reproduction, meaning like nobody can reproduce or make copies of my work. Mm-hmm. Um, the right of adaptation, meaning nobody can make new stuff based on it. The rights of distribution, which means nobody can take copies, physical, tangible copies and distribute them to the public. And then the rights of public performance and public display. So that's like your whole bundle. Oh, that's okay. what you get with your, with copyright. Wow. Um, Trademark, on the other hand, so so copyright cares about us as creators, right? Yeah. Trademark doesn't care about us at all. <laughs> trademark <laughs> couldn't care less who we are. The point of trademark is uh, to help consumers identify where certain goods and services come from, it, like oh. indicators of source, right? So, like. I'm a consumer. I hear Coke and Pepsi. They're both cola, but I know exactly which one I want. Why? Mm -hmm. Because of the trademarks they use, either Coke or Pepsi. They tell me which is the product that I want. So for singers, trademark would typically be, it could be a stage name or a real name. Mm -hmm. It's the brand. It could be a design. It's whatever the, the artist puts out there to the public to identify themselves as the real thing. Okay. 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 That, that, uh, that makes sense. And that's a good breakdown of, of, uh, deciphering one from the other, you know, because a lot of times it is kind of confusing, you know, you think, well, what exactly is a, is a trademark? So that's good. So, um, you kind of explained when and what you should copyright and when and what you should trademark. So that's fantastic. So now talk to us about what services your firm provides for singers and musicians. I will do that, but with your permission, I'd like to make one more point. Of course. And this is a really important one, and it actually feeds into what do I do. Okay. Um, We were just talking about copyright from the from the perspective of the singer, like what did the singer create? And the answer could be, you know, if the singer is also a composer, it could be music, could be lyrics, um, could be, they wrote a book, it could be the performance, whatever. But the thing 
we have to think about that's wearing one hat that's wearing the copyright owner's hat in music you got to wear two hats Mm -hmm. in life you have to wear two hats Mm -hmm. because it's not just the material that you created and that you own the copyright to it's the material of other people's that you are using yes so you're an owner on the one hand but you also don't want to be an infringer on the other that's absolutely right so you know singers do cover performances all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they get headshots from photographers. There's, there's tons of examples mm-hmm. where the singer has to be concerned about, uh, you know, making sure that proper licensing is in place yes. for the materials that they use, yeah. not just that they protect their own stuff. Right. That's great. That's great. I know with, with uh, producing a CD, as an example, if you're yeah. doing cover uh, tunes. I mean, you really have to be very careful about that and make sure that you're doing all of the things that you should be doing. And that's something that you, you work with singers to do? Yes. That's great. Yeah. And another thing I do, and this, again, is leading into answering your, your previous question about what do I do, is I help people sort out ownership issues, mm-hmm. which maybe sometimes haven't occurred to them. Mm-hmm. Um, Ownership in copyright, it seems really simple, like, well, I, I did this, and it's automatic, and I'm the owner, right? It's like, maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. maybe in the simplest circumstances, but let's take what you just mentioned, which was, like, recording an album. There are a lot of people who contributed creatively to that recording, mm-hmm. not just the, you know, well, We've got, let's say it's a solo album. It's just you, the singer, which seems kind of simple. That's all right. It's your performance. But you've got sound recording engineers. Mm -hmm. You've got mixers. You've got producers. And their contributions also figure into this this work that Hmm. was created. Um, And a lot of times people don't appreciate the complexities of, of that um, so I actually find myself doing a lot of ownership sorting outing <laughs> um, yeah. when people say, well, you know, I just want to do a simple copyright application. And man, it almost never turns out to be all that simple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I would imagine people come to you frequently after the fact for help with something that has not gone well, <laughs> when it would be a great thing to come to you before so that they're setting yeah. themselves up to be successful and not have a problem. It is. My, my favorite clients absolutely are the ones that are proactive yep. and, and want to avoid. But, but it's, not, it's not, often it's not tragic. I mean, let's say somebody comes to me like, well, I want to just do a copyright application for this album. And those ownership issues had not been considered. Mm-hmm. And so we can't do that right now. We have to go back yeah. and we have to put agreements in place between all the various players yeah. deciding, well, who's going to own what? And most of the time, it's possible to do that because mm-hmm. people are like, oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, we should have done that. I'm fine with that. <laughs> now and then, but you can't, you can't bank on that because somebody right. might, you know, start saying, well, no, I mean, what, what, what's in it for me? I'm not, you know. Right. So that's why it's always better to do it up front. But, um, yeah, ownership, ownership is a, is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this, I I find this, all of this to be so much like a sport. Let's say you're playing baseball. You have to 
have the rules set out so that everybody understands what they are from the very beginning. You know, mm -hmm. you can't say, okay, we're going to play, and, and you don't have any sense that you've got to run around the bases or that you're supposed to hit the ball with the bat or whatever right. the situation right. is. Yeah, so... Like, who said if they catch it, I'm out? I don't think so. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. So now, before we go on to some of the other things that you do, let's talk a little bit about what has occurred during the pandemic and how Zoom uh, or other online platforms, streaming kinds of things, what changes have you seen um, with the copyright and all of these intellectual property things during this time? Well, it's not so much that I've seen a lot of changes. I'll tell you, early on in the pandemic, I saw really sort of heartwarming things hmm. because all of us, especially in the school context, because, you know, the poor education system was thrown into this pit that they of darkness to have to figure everything out. Yeah. Um, and and a lot of content providers recognized that as a chat that challenge and granted very generous licenses yes. at least in the beginning to, mm -hmm. to facilitate education I was like that was good to see mm -hmm. but why I mean to get to your question is like why would that even have been necessary well think back to when I very quickly said what's in the copyright bundle of rights mm -hmm. one of those things is public display mm -hmm. now all of a sudden and public performance. All of a sudden, where, whereas things would take place in person and we might not have an issue, now we're broadcasting and displaying publicly. So we're exercising a different spoke on, on yeah. what, like, look behind me. See mm -hmm. those, those, those photos? Yes. If we were in person, now, as it happened, I am the photographer, so this is a bad example. <laughs> but if I were not. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, we... If we, if you were, if you were standing right here in my office, no problem because mm -hmm. it's okay to display publicly if you're in, in the same location. Mm -hmm. It is not okay to display publicly any in any other manner. Mm -hmm. Like so, all of a sudden, we would need a license for these photos that wow. we didn't before. Yeah, wow, that is, you know, it's quite a sticky wicket. <laughs> you know, it is. Like, oh my it gosh! Is. Yeah, who would have thought? I would, I would never have thought about that. So that, that, so, so when we are performing uh, online or streaming or whatever, mm -hmm. everything that is in that in the frame of the of the screen has to be licensed in some way. Yeah, in, in a lot of times in a lot of different ways, mm -hmm. and be, and again, it all comes back because now you are exercising different spokes yeah. on the bundle than you did when you were just in person. Wow, wow. So your, your firm provides all of these services. You're very knowledgeable about this. I mean, I, you know, I encourage any singer to call you or email you or something because you know, there's so many problems that, that, we can, uh, that can develop when you don't know. And there are so many new things. It's kind of like the Wild West now, you know, the, the internet uh, performances and all of those kinds of things. Um, you really need to be knowledgeable about them. And it's not, it's not the impossible dream to go chat with a lawyer. That's, that's a, that's a myth I'd like to overcome because I, I, I early on saw this need and, 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 especially in the, in the creative community, people say, 
lawyers are out of reach. I can't, I can't, I can't afford it. I can't, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to do it for whatever reason. So I started a, an offering of offering a, uh, a 30 minute consultation. Um, and that could be it. And it's, and, and I charge for it, Mm -hmm. but it's a, it's a, it's a reasonable fee. It's something that pretty much anybody can manage. And a lot of times that's enough to talk, you know, if somebody wants to talk to me about how I work and, you know, what my experience is, fine, I'll have that conversation. Of course, there's no charge. But but during something like that, I'm not, I mean, for ethical reasons, I can't talk about the specifics of their legal question. Sure. In the context of this consultation, though, I can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can actually deliver some value and some direction and maybe that's enough to get them pointed in the right direction. Yeah. And so I've, I've found that, that people have been taking advantage of that and appreciating it. That's great. That's great. That's really good to know. And I, you know, I'm really hoping that people will call you because you know, you're, you're really knowledgeable and have all of the answers for all of this stuff, and it's fantastic. So now tell me, does it matter what state the singer lives in? It does for certain things and not okay. for others. For okay. copyright and trademark, it does not matter because those are federal law issues. Okay. So my copyright and trademark clients are nationwide and in other countries. Okay. So that's that's fine. Things like contracts, though, are governed by state law. Okay. And when that's the issue, then I am restricted to um, working within the states where I'm admitted to practice, which happened to be New York, Connecticut, and Wisconsin. Okay. 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 Now, a lot of times though, I'm going to take that just a little, push it a little bit to the limit and say that when people are not from one of those states and, and they ask me to review, so I can't draft anything from scratch, but I can review it based on my experience, like in the industry nature of the contract and Mm -hmm. advise on it. But I have to tell them after this, you have to go get this looked over by a lawyer in your state. Yeah. And that's kind of like double lawyering. So. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. So when a singer or performer comes to you for your services, what should they pre- be prepared with? Well, if it's, if it's a contract issue, it saves a ton of lawyer time. If you come with just a bullet point list of what you want to accomplish in the deal. Mm-hmm. Not no no need to use legal jargon. In fact, that's going to cost you more. <laughs> you'll have to undo um, that. <laughs> yeah, right. Um but just, you know, just so I get an idea of of what what your goals are mm-hmm. and what we need this agreement to 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 deliver. Um that saves that saves an awful lot of time. Okay. The other thing is time itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I recognize it's not always possible, but we talked earlier about people who are proactive as opposed to reactive mm-hmm. and our relationship is going to work a lot better and more smoothly. And ultimately it's going to be more satisfactory the more time we have to, to manage the project. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So is there anything else that you'd like to tell our listeners about your services, about yourself, about, you know, just what you do in general? 
Well, I'll, I'll deflect it off of me and say that I do have one more thing that I'd like to suggest. Mm-hmm. And that is that there is one area of law that we've talked about a little bit that can make all of this meaningless, if it, and that's contracts. Mm. Um, one of the saddest parts of my practice is seeing people agreeing to really terrible contracts that got pulled off randomly off the internet. Um, Now, you know, this happens all the time, even like big companies and people that should know better do it. And it's very, very dangerous. Yes. Um, So you can have taken all the recommended steps. You're ready to protect your copyright, your trademark. You're, you're good to go. If you made that error by not investing in in proper contracting, Mm -hmm. it can all get flushed. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, the contracting for the actual performances and the riders and all of those kinds of things as you're touring or whatever. You know, it's uh, a lot to take into consideration. Right. And and it's it's not... I mean, nobody other than lawyers likes this. It's not, it's not fun. Uh, but that's what we're here for. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I have, you know, a lot of times I'll say this and people will say, what am I supposed to do? You know, and I, I don't have a good workaround, honestly, because you, the answer to that is you have, there are three things. You have three options. One is you can just go with it and make peace with the fact that you may very well lose money, intellectual property assets, mm-hmm. business opportunity, you know, you could lose. Yeah. And if you're okay with that, good luck. Yeah. And sometimes I'm not even being flipped because sometimes the deal be like, all right, I know what's at stake and I'm willing to, it's not worth the investment. Wow. So, okay. That's one category. Yeah. Um, the next option is invest in having the contract properly drafted. And that's obviously the thing that should happen, but that costs money. Yeah. And that's, you know, sometimes that's going to be avail- available and sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. And the other one is if neither one nor two is palatable, three is don't do the deal. Hmm. Okay. That's, Yeah. I guess that is the, that is the alternative. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. There's so much to consider. And, you know, we as creatives tend to be, or want to be creative and not necessarily business minded or certainly not thinking about, uh, oftentimes the legal ramifications of things. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, I think it's just, uh, I think it's wonderful what you do. Uh, you provide a, a, a very much needed, uh, service for singers, for musicians, for creatives in general. So I am very excited to have had this opportunity to talk with you, to give our listeners a little bit of a sense of the kinds of issues that can come up. Sure. And we will include your uh, your social media, your web address, your everything in our um, in our show notes, so that people can access you um, and you know, for advice or for your service, or even if they're living in another state that you're not licensed to practice in, they can still contact you and, and, uh, and I'm sure get great value from you. Sure. 
Sure. Yes. Well, I, I wish everyone the, the best in, in these very weird times. Yeah, very <laughs> weird times. Very weird. Well, Elizabeth Russell, thank you so very much. Um, we will put all of your information in our show notes. And I, I am so appreciative that you took the time to be with us today. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Greta. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Good news. We're partnering. The Business Savvy Singer podcast is delighted to be included in the NatsCast network. NatsCast is the official podcast network of the National Association of Teachers of Singing. It's an honor to be part of this community and have the opportunity to provide encouragement, education, and entertainment to singers everywhere. Singers. Have you ever wanted to improve your sight-reading skills? Do you want to hear harmonies better and sing them more easily? Would you like to be able to improvise and sing more styles of music? Donovan Mixon's performance ear training can help you with all of these things. Donovan has been a faculty member at Berklee College of Music and is an expert in this field. Doesn't matter where you live. Classes are offered online. Visit donmixon.com. Check out our show notes for more info. The Business Savvy Singer podcast is brought to you by the privatemusicstudio.net, Eternal Wolf Music, and Greta Pope Entertainment. Let us know if you know of a singer who is having great success in the music business. We'd love to share their story and their journey on this podcast. Send your emails to info at gretapope.com. We've had a great time with you today. See you next time on the Business Savvy Singer Podcast. The Business Savvy Singer. Singer.